are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Welcome back to another Strong Towers episode. Man, it just feels good. I haven't gotten to say that yet this season. I like this. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm John Ackerman. Joined as always with by Mike Lara, Tom Edwards, and we had talked about the uh, in the season opener a couple weeks back that sort of our running theme, and you know, totally fine if nobody else is paying attention to the theme. I feel like it's probably just an us thing anyway. Um, but one of the things that was feeling really relevant for us was this idea of being under construction. That so often it's an outward focus, it's a goals focus, it's a gains focus, and Part of what we really wanted to focus on this season was what's going on beneath the surface. Um, not not purely emotional, but just you know deeper excavation. And part of what was driving that, um, if you've been with us for a while, you remember back last summer. I think it was last summer. I don't know. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. We'll do it in post. Um, we had Morgan Snyder on uh, to talk about his book, Becoming a King. And the reason we had a connection with Morgan was because Tom and I, at, at different points in different years had gone out to an event that Morgan hosts called The Intensive. And the idea of The Intensive is it's a decade of excavation that men really often don't start until their 30s, uh, that, that you get through the adolescent years. Uh, hopefully you survive that. When you get into your 20s, when you think you know everything. And, and of course you do. Of course you do. And anybody over 40 is just a moron. Uh, but then you, you hit this moment in the 30s where you start to realize there's a lot that I and there's a lot that it feels like I've, made, I've maybe jumped into and I'm just not equipped. Like I've jumped into family and I feel like I don't know what to do. Or I've jumped into career and in some cases I've even been given authority and position that I, I don't have the shoulders for. And so Morgan's whole thing with this decade of excavation is if you take your 30s to really dig into you and to discover the depths of who you are, who you're wired to be, that what then starts to come out in your 40s and in your 50s and Again, as guys sitting here in that 39-40 turn, I don't know, 50 sounds like forever from now. <laughs> and 60, and like I feel like I'm still 20 looking at that part of my life. But part of what Morgan does with this decade of excavation is he just starts asking some questions. And they're, they're pretty insightful, and they're pretty thoughtful, and they're pretty thought-provoking. And one of the things we thought we wanted to do throughout this season is borrow some of his questions and just throw them out here on the table with the three of us, or if we can manage to cajole someone else to come join us, uh, and just see what comes up from questions like this. What comes up as we begin to process this decade that we're coming out of in our 30s, in our cases, um, and this, ne- this next decade that we're heading into, because we're still very much under construction. So with that long-winded intro done, a question we want to focus on today. What's not working right now? And that's not Mike's car. <laughs> and that's not my house. Uh, but again, below the waterline, what's not working right now? Said another way, where are you fighting bravely and dying quickly? That's sort of the space we want to occupy for this episode and sort of invite you to process along with us. And so maybe some of what we say resonates and maybe some of what we say feels like, man, thank, thank goodness I'm not struggling with that. 
But this raises some areas where I didn't even realize I've been working real, real hard and it's just not working and maybe it's time to find something different. So Mike, Tom, what's not working right now? Yeah, I I love that question. Where are you fighting bravely and dying quickly? Um, and for those of you that, that don't track with Morgan and, and uh, what he has going on with the uh, Wild at Heart team, which you should definitely check out their stuff. Um, that's actually a quote from one of the Zorro movies. Um, and Anthony Hopkins as the like older legendary figure of Zorro is, uh, is starting to mentor Antonio Banderas as the new version of Zorro. And Antonio Banderas's character is like all just fire and courage and bravery and let me go and fight and do this thing. And, um, and so this is actually a word of wisdom to the younger man of you will fight bravely, but you, you don't, you don't have what it takes right now. You don't have the training. You are not equipped. And so you'll fight bravely and you will die quickly against men that are better prepared for what you are, are attempting to go into. And I feel like so much of our culture tells us. You know, if you're not successful by 25, forget about your 30s. You know, like if you don't come out of the gate and you find the next big thing and, you know, you've made your first million or you sold your first company or, you know, whatever it is, we, we have this idea of glorifying the youth and then you pass that. And it's like, oh, well, gosh, have, have I done anything that's of value? Um, and we were just talking about this in men's group this week, right? Like there's so many different avenues of profession, whether it's ministry or business or uh, investing or whatever it is that you just find these stories of guys that have been wildly successful and you look back or they look back at their lives, you know, when they are 50, 60, 70, and they're like, actually by far my most productive years were after I got out of my thirties and started to really figure stuff out. And there, there's obviously there is something to the zeal of youth and wanting to go after stuff, but there's something that balances that with just the wisdom and the maturity that comes with age, uh, that seems to be able to better direct that flow. Um, and so I, it, this is such a, a really challenging question, I think, in so many aspects of our lives. Um, but to answer the question that you actually asked, <laughs> uh, where is this, where is this happening for me? And I'm going to steal from Morgan on this one too. Um, I, I think fatherhood, this is a, this is an ever present, uh, question for me in fatherhood. Um, and Morgan says all the time, you know, that he's had conversations with his oldest of, you know, this, this is the first time that I have had to father an eight year old boy. This, this, like you, bud, like you're my first experience going through this. And, uh, you know, so there, there's a lot about kind of each phase as we progress or, or a, a six-year-old girl, there's a lot about each phase as we progress, um, that just feels like is, is an area that's ripe for learning and, uh, assistance and acknowledgement of, I don't know what I don't know. And 
I'm making mistakes and I need, I need to, you know, figure stuff out. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And I think that's something, you know, had you not said it, I probably would have tried to steal that one as well, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, but I, I also love this question, right? Cause oftentimes, uh, especially during my walk in my thirties, it was always those self-help books, those development, how do I get better? How do I improve the foxhole? How do I become better in this section of life? And this question really was very similar to a conversation we had a couple seasons ago of, you know, looking back and actually asking yourself, all right, what are you doing today? That's, that's not, you know, working well. Right. And, and oftentimes I don't, I don't do that. Right. I don't stop and say, Hey, let me assess everything and find out where, where, um, if something's not doing right that I can adjust. Right. It's more, how do I improve the thing that I'm doing poorly so I can do it more poorly? You know, so it's, it's a situation where I find myself like, yeah, really struggling with, with this question, especially since I've had even more time to dwell on it since we, you know, was part of our, our, you know, preseason, uh, meeting. And, and when you brought that up, I was like, man, this is a great question. This is something that I need to reflect on and, and really ask myself this. And the part that, that really came to me is the analogy or, or you know, the, um, the, the story I want kind of want to tell is that you always see this overcorrecting. Right. Like if you're on a boat and you're starting to go too far right, you start, you know, pedaling left as far as possible and you tend to overcorrect. Right. And I think that's, that's the thing that I've struggled with a lot is that I see something that I'm doing poorly and I go after it fully. Right. Like so, um, 18 months, 24 months ago, it was, it was physical for me. Right. Like I felt like I was getting overweight. You know, my kid called me fat. I felt like there was things that I needed to improve on. And I went out and decided, Hey, I'm going to go run a hundred miles. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start going to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? And I started deciding that I was going to do all of these things because I was going to overcorrect or I was going to correct the, the the physicalness that I was I was doing poorly at the time. But other things started to fall off the table, right? Other things, my hands, I, I just couldn't juggle so many different things at one time. And I think this summer, um, as my wife has decided to start start coming home or start, you know, not teaching anymore, um, I've realized that where I'm failing at is is being a better husband. A lot of my laser focus has been on being that father, being the father um, that I, you know, feel like I don't have the example for right now, right? To be all the things that I, I have this ima- like imaginary list of what my dad needs to be, um, that I'm trying to be that for my kids, that I'm not being the husband that my wife needs me to be. And so that's somewhere where I think, especially this, this summer that I realized that, right? And, and you know, I had to go on a trip. I had to go to a, a wedding and, um, we had some things go on and some plans get shaken up and my wife couldn't go to the wedding with me and I missed her the entire time I was gone. And coming back, I, I committed myself to saying, Hey, on our anniversary date, the 18th, we are 100% going out on a date night every month from this point forward. Like, I'm not going to break that promise to you because like, I feel like I am not doing a good job of being a husband. And it was, it wasn't until like that question brought up a couple months ago, you know, where are you failing at or where, you know, what's not working? Um, that I was able to sit down and go, wow, you know, I'm not as awesome of a husband as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not to take anything away from myself, I think I'm, I'm a pretty darn good guy, but there is ways that I could love my wife better. And I think that's, that's the area of focus that I've, I've brought on for this question. Yeah. And what I appreciate both of you saying, and I think it's one of the things that we'll notice as we continue in this episode, is that when we ask this question of what's not working, I think it's easy to hear that sometimes as 
what's something bad that I'm doing? And that's really not the intention of the question. And that's really not what we're exposing already. It's, and Tom, I'm so glad that you did the movie recap uh, because that's so core to this question. Uh, because in the movie, the thing that the young Zoro wants, um, and you know, we could have a philosophical debate on the merits of vengeance, but what he wants is revenge for his brother's death, his brother's murder. Yeah. You know, at the hands of this other guy. And that's what Anthony Hopkins, old Zoro, stops him from doing is stops him from trying to get his revenge when he's not ready for it so that it doesn't kill himself in the process of trying to seek out this good thing. And what I hear you both talking about are these really good, right things that you're pursuing and that it's not so much I need to stop doing a thing. It's it's a tweak in tactics or it's a tweak in preparation or it's a tweak in intentionality, or it's a tweak of attention. And, and that was just, that's one of the things I felt like I want to make sure that we highlight as we do this one, that this isn't a throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing, because that'd be, that'd probably be bad fatherhood. Um, but it's what we're really talking about here is Mike, I love that idea of course correction without overcorrection, or at least recognizing that it's overcorrecting and trying to find that middle ground rather than swinging from extremes. Because um, <clears throat> the thing that comes to mind for me is the thing that's been not working for the last couple of years is being task-focused and outcome-focused. And so much more often than I'm proud of, it's been to the detriment of relationships. That I've, I've put friendships on hold because, well, I got to work on the house this weekend. You know, I don't, I don't have time to do the fun thing or, you know, sweetie, we don't, we probably shouldn't spend money on a, on a date night or a fun meal out because we need to buy more drywall. And, you know, not that those aren't like important decisions to make, but you know, Mike, you talked about that laser focus. I think my laser focus has been so much on tasks and outcomes. And and those are good. Like there are things that have to get done. There's no way around it. It's, It's a good thing to fight for, but man, I've been dying quickly. Because those tasks just don't go away. I have never known a to-do list to get shorter and shorter and then be gone and then there be no more to-do list. It has never once happened, (laughs) right? There's a new to-do list, maybe, or I scratch one thing off and three more things get added, right? And so if I'm task-focused, if I'm outcome-focused, like that, that, that's a one-way ticket to nowhere good. Because you just, you never come out of it. And, you know, one of the things that, that Brooke and I have tried to be so much more intentional about is let's go slow. Let's go slower and maybe do things together. Or let's go slower, maybe do them inefficiently, but in a way that actually generates positive relational growth, even if it's at the expense of task completion. And and that's that's been, that's still, I mean, I think I wrote a blog post back when we were writing blog posts about that. And that was like two years ago. And that this is still a battle I'm fighting um, to not get caught up in fighting bravely and dying quickly. here. Yeah, I think. And at this point, I think we should just shamelessly tell everybody to go watch the the movie. (laughs) Um, But like in the movie, the the setup is perfect, right? Because we want to root for the Antonio Banderas character. 
We want to root for the young guy that is coming into and is going to be this legendary Zoro character. Like that's the person we're set up to cheer for in the movie because that's the person that we're set up to be. Like we, we want to chase after that thing. And like you said, John, we're, we're not talking about something that is seriously off the rails. You know, that, that this is by all indications and what everybody around me says, this is wrong with my life. I think the subtlety in this question is what's going wrong that I know could be better or I know I'm called to more. So there's a there's a deeper level to the question than just what is this glaringly obvious thing that I need to cut from my life? You know, how do I be a better husband? How do I be a better father? How do I be a better friend? What do I need to shift or change or sacrifice or give up in order to do those things? It, it it's a different level than just you know, I, I have some obvious shortcomings that I, yeah, yeah, I really need to correct. Um, and it makes us think a little bit more about what is actually the path that I'm on. Because essentially, you know, like that's what, that's what Anthony Hopkins is offering, right? I'm going to offer you a different path to, to get to the place that you want to get to, but it's a different path than the one that you would have taken to get there. And I love to the, the, and again, like you said, at this point, we should probably just stop and play the movie. Um, <laughs> like that, that alternate path that he takes him through is the master's wheel. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, it's so karate kid too. Right. With Mr. Miyagi. Right. Karate kid as well for the movie fans, not karate kid too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, Daniel wants to learn to fight. And Mr. Miyagi's like, how about I teach you karate? And he doesn't realize that that's actually like worlds apart rather than just, you know, mincing definitions. And, you know, the same with Antonio Banderas going through the master's wheel, right? It, he's he's only seeing, all right, fine, teach me how to use a sword so I don't get killed so I can put the pointy end in that guy and move on with my life. And he doesn't realize that so much of the rest of him is being shaped in addition to his capacity to put the pointy end of the sword in the other guy. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's, that's really part of, I love that that's where you were taking it, Tom. And I think that's, that's what I like about where we're trying to take this conversation is this is really the idea of being under construction. It's really mm -hmm. the idea of this internal excavation that Morgan talks about in this decade of masculinity of it's just, it's not, it's not about the thing that you think it's about. It's, it's not about optimizing your outputs. It's not about optimizing your schedule. It's not about, it's not about making the thing that you're supposed to be better at better to the exclusion of all else. It's, it's integration. It's integration of the whole you into your whole world in ways that you probably haven't been. Mm -hmm. And so there, so there may be some glaring things that's like, yep, you know, gotta cut that period. But in most cases, it feels like it's really just the development of some places, the balancing out of other places, the integration of the whole man into the whole man's world so that you can go do the thing that seems like the point. Yeah, and I think the, the part that you're saying that's really speaking to me is that is about the difference between cutting things away and putting things under construction. 
And I think where we're at in our lives, like maybe our early 30s was when we were cutting those things away, right? Cutting those loose ends saying, hey, this is something that I need to set aside or I no longer need to do or this is the wrong path. But now that we're in our, you know, our late 30s, getting ready to move into those 40s, getting ready to to then start looking at the at the 50 um, yard marker, like you said, the time we're going to be hitting our full stride um, is those times that we can actually put stuff under construction. And I, and I really love the question, you know, what's not working, right? Because in my mind, I automatically think of my, you know, my grandfather working on, on, on a, like a compressor part out in the garage, or he didn't go buy a new compressor. He started working on what was not working. Right. And, and the question, if you really, like, if you look at it from that direction, like what's not working, what's, what's, what's a little bit off, not what's, what, what, what are you doing wrong? Right. It's what's not, what's not really working. What's not, um, hitting its full stride. And I think that's, what's great about this age right now that we're at. We, we can, we can actually have the maturity enough that I think we can start figuring stuff out, but then, you know, 45, 50 year old Michael Paul, I think I'm a dummy anyways for saying this. So we'll see what happens then. (laughs) Well, and, and Zach actually talked about that the other day, right? In group of like, I hope 50 year old me looks back at 40 year old me and is like, man, I had a lot to learn, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. Yeah. There, there was a, there was just a lot that I didn't understand because I feel like the foundation of that assumption of I'm going to be able to look back in ten years and say, oh man, what a dummy! Like I, like I really was missing some things. The, the assumption is I don't have it all figured out. You know, like this is I, I haven't peaked. I, I'm this isn't as good as it's going to get. Uh, you know, and so we, we set ourselves up then for another decade of growth, uh, because I mean, to be honest, you know, John intro this as, uh, you know, Morgan started to figure this out in, in your thirties that you need to have this decade of excavation. And what he found out by the time that he exited his thirties and, and now having turned 40 this summer, right. Is like what comes after your decade of excavation is another decade of excavation, right? <laughs> and and so, spoiler alert, we get to keep doing the work, and and keep making those those adjustments of what's not working and what's not really uh, moving me in the direction that I that I want to be moving in. And it feels like it's easy to fall into the trap of I'll get to some of this later. Hmm. You know the tyranny of the urgent. And, and I think that's one of the things that I've so appreciated learning from Morgan is sometimes we've got the priorities backwards about what can't wait and what can wait until later. And so much of this internal excavation, I mean, technically it can wait, but if you don't, if you don't have that solid foundation and you try to build the rest of, you know, let's call it your kingdom on top of a shaky foundation like that, that just, that doesn't work. But if you take the time to build a solid foundation, if you take the time to excavate, if you take the time to go internal, trying to make your life easier, Mike. Hey, lay down. Is that what it was? Was it the dog's claws? Yeah. Lay down. Down.
if you don't take the time to excavate and go internal, then everything that you put on top of it is far shakier mm. than you realize. And so even all of that apparent success, it, it can topple so easily because you're not equipped for it and your life's not equipped for it. And you know, that, that was another place that I was realizing that I was, I was doing something that just wasn't working. Um, I think I had gotten too future focused on the wrong things to the detriment of the present. Um, again, if you tracked with us for a while, I've shared pretty much since the beginning of our time in the podcast sphere that, you know, Brooke and I have been trying to have kids and it's, it's been 10 years now. And for so much of those 10 years, we put other things on hold um, and very understandably. And it felt like very rightfully at the time, you know, we're not going to do this because we want to make sure that, that we've invested in this thing or we've prepared this thing, or we're just, you know, we're ready for that shift whenever that shift comes. Um, you know, we're not going to take that trip. We're not going to buy that fun car. You know, we're going to stay responsible, just, you know, whatever it was. And, you know, the last couple of years, as we've been working on renovating this house that we're in now, you know, there was still this sense of, all right, but we, but we got a plan for the future that we want. Right. And, one of the lessons that I finally started learning was I still need to plan for that future. And I have not given up on, on that future at all. Um, that hope is still alive and well, but I also get to enjoy the present. Mm. And, and what we were realizing was when we were so future focused, we were missing out on a lot of potential joy that we could have had in the moment, um, that we had been putting off until, you know, those other things were in place. And we look back finally, and we're like, it's been 10 years of waiting. There's some other things that we could have done in the meantime without abandoning hope and without changing the plan. And so one of the, just the fun, random things that we did, we got goats. <laughs> we built a pen, we built a shelter and we bought three Nigerian dwarf goats. And I can't tell you how much fun it's been in the last three weeks to be a goat herd. Uh, like it, it makes me laugh. Like I was out there with them like 20 minutes before we hopped on here, just watching them graze, watching the sun start to set on this, you know, incredible five acres that we have looking at my house. That's in still like 60% state of disrepair. And part of that tension was like, why are we spending money on goats? Like, why are we spending money on a goat pen? Like that could go to some siding that could go towards some interior doors that could go towards like whatever the next evolution of the house is. But again, we just got to this point where it was like, if we keep being so future focused, we're going to get there and we're going to look back and we're, like, we're going to be like, we, we missed it. We missed lots of moments that we always thought, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And we wouldn't. Hmm. And that was another place that it's like, we're taking a trip next week. Uh, you know, we're recording this beginning of September. Next week, we're taking off five days. We're going to go have fun. Go see some mountains. And, and again, there was that same pull of, oh, but, you know, shouldn't we, shouldn't we be laser focused on, you know, this is the plan. This is the goal. And, and this is the plan. And this is the goal. And there's time for the Here's what I really like about that is you've just shifted the question from a 
you know, every so often, let me check in and course correct, or possibly like Mike was saying, have the chance to overcorrect to a more continuous state of, okay, like this is just going to be a part of, of how we do things, how we make decisions. Does this decision, does it work or does it not work? You know, and I think as we as we get more experience doing that, because again, I I don't think this is a a young, immature, out of the gate question that we can answer well. But as we get more experience at doing that, uh, we get more data in that cost benefit analysis, and we also understand better what the true goal is right and so whatever that is and and we can't we can't on this podcast make that determination for everybody that's listening right but you know john at some point you guys you and brooke have decided yes kids absolutely we want that to be a part of our future but there are things that we're not willing to give up because of that, because of that goal, the goal hasn't gone away, yeah. but, but we're going to sacrifice toward that goal differently than we did 10 years ago when we had the goal and we were just charging for the goal. Yeah. Right. And so there's, there's a shift in the way that we approach those things. And this question of what's not working and where am I just going zealously in a particular direction just gets asked a little bit more frequently and a little bit more frequently um, and it, and it changes the way that we direct our lives. Yeah. Like you take it back to the movie yet again, right? <laughs> and, and, and for young Zorro, it's, it's revenge, laser focus. And what he starts to discover is revenge is no longer the primary goal. The primary goal is now life, right? And a life that he hadn't imagined was possible. A life that included space for love and a life that included a space for purpose and a life that included space for doing something for the greater good around him as well mm-hmm. as for his own development and growth. Yeah. yeah, the bigger story. And with closure yet. Like that's still a piece of it. Yeah. But had it only been a life of revenge, it would have been ultimately unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the redefining of the larger goal and the recognition that there can be a larger story that still includes the things that you want, but helps you reprioritize to put them in their proper place. I think that's part of the shift that that is core to this question, is that sometimes what's not working right now, it's not the thing, it's just where we placed the thing mm-hmm. in the hierarchy of life. Yeah, or how we chase the thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I think we could keep going on movie references. <laughs> we didn't even get to the guy flying through the air with the shovel yet. We got to work that in somewhere. <laughs> I'm about to go watch um, it again right now. <laughs> um, but I think we could also just keep going on, you know, just sort of our, our own personal journey of construction and, and what's not working well. But um, hopefully, at least this question allows you to enter a place of thinking through what are your goals 
and how have you been approaching them and what has been the cost of approaching them the way you're approaching them and at least opening up the possibility that there is a different way for you to still get to the same end point. Um, and as we said a couple of times during this episode, you know, that, that sort of for us at least, um, seems to be the, uh, the overarching theme of, of what we're looking at this season. And so this is not the last time you will hear, uh, you know, us having a conversation around being under construction for sure. So we appreciate you all being here and I will see you again for another Strong Towers episode next week. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers, to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.